plastics also has, you know, lots of benefits. We have to recognize those qualities, those important features of plastic packaging. But at the same time, we have to shift to those fully recyclable packaging material while maintaining the technical properties. And there is where technology and research and development are coming to play. Welcome to Sustainability Leaders. I'm Michael Torrance, Chief Sustainability Officer with BMO Financial Group. On this show, we will talk with leading sustainability practitioners from the corporate, investor, academic, and NGO communities to explore how this rapidly evolving field of sustainability is impacting global investment, business practices, and our world. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of Bank of Montreal, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. I'm John Uren, Head of Products and Strategy at the Sustainable Finance Group at Bank of Montreal. Consumer packaging and plastics are undergoing significant changes, with regulatory and consumer preferences driving these powerful trends. At the core of it all is sustainability. Regulators around the world are adopting legislation to minimize packaging waste and excess. In the U.S., 16 states have enacted statewide regulations around packaging waste which tend to target single-use plastics, shopping bags, and increased recycling targets. The Canadian government has created a Canada-wide strategy for sustainable packaging that includes a goal of zero plastic waste by 2030. And France, Germany, and the UK have arguably gone the furthest by implementing some of the most aggressive targets on single-use plastics, as well as fees for non-recyclable packaging. In parallel with these regulatory developments, or or perhaps directly causing them, is heightened public awareness around the environmental impact of packaging and plastics. Consumers are increasingly noticing plastic waste leakage into the environment, with visceral images of ocean plastics pollution stirring up consumer sentiment globally. Couple that with stories of people in India seeing the Himalayas from their villages for the first time, or images of bright, beautiful, smogless days in LA. And it's obvious that climate change and environmental sustainability are front of mind for many consumers and here to stay. The good news is that these regulatory and consumer shifts have resulted in more and more packaged goods manufacturers and retailers making commitments to act on packaging waste. These commitments tend to range from an emphasis on a higher degree of recycled content to a reduction of total plastic usage, to innovation and promotion in changes in how packages are used. The end goal is to achieve a sustainable circular economy where products can be seamlessly reused, repaired, and remanufactured. Enter TC Transcontinental, a market leader in flexible packaging in North America and a company built with sustainability at its core. Megali Depra, Chief Strategy Officer of TC Transcontinental, has joined us today. Welcome, Megali, to BMO Sustainability Leaders Podcast. Thank you for having me, John. Megali, for those that are unfamiliar, can you tell us a little bit about TC Transcontinental and what it does? 
Sure. TC Transcontinental is a Canadian-based family-owned control corporation founded in uh, 1976, actually. We are headquartered in Montreal and listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange. We have a few activities. We are the largest Canadian printer on one hand. We have become, through acquisitions, one of the largest flexible packaging manufacturers in, uh, in North America. And we also have uh, media and education activities in Canada. We employ uh, about 8,500 employees, and the majority of which are, are based in Canada, in the United States, and uh, in Latin America. We operate in about 44 different facilities, and we had in, in 2019 revenues of $3 billion. Thank you. Now, TC was recently named as a top 10 corporate citizen in Corporate Knight's Best 50 ranking. So congratulations to you and the TC team on that. You know, BMO was also named as a top 10 corporate citizen earlier this year, and we were incredibly excited. So it's, it's great to know that we're in, in really strong company. Thank you. Now, Corporate Knight specifically called out your high clean revenue score, solid safety record, and, and strong gender diversity at the board and executive levels. Tell me a little bit more about some of the initiatives that TC has undertaken in each of these three E, S, and G categories. Sure. So congratulations also to BMO for being one of the of the top corporate knights. We have been ranked in, among the corporate knights for 16 years, actually. And it's the second time that we are among the top 10. So we are very proud and very thankful about this recognition. So to answer your question, John, about, first of all, the high clean revenue score, maybe uh, to explain what it is, it's really about looking at what is the percentage from the goods and services that you produce which have clear environmental benefits, and that includes revenues from a low-carbon economy or circular economy, for instance. So when you look at our 2019 portfolio, we had about 59% of our revenues stemming from the printing sector. And in the print sector, as you may know, we, we are a purchaser of paper. And we have actually participated very actively in the past decades in building a, a circular economy for paper. Close to 100%, 96% to be precise of the paper that we use is certified or recycled. So that participates into our very high uh, score in terms of, uh, of clean uh, revenues. And the other part of it is uh, obviously the packaging part. And I'll elaborate uh, about it uh, in a moment, but we have onboarded also a circular economy for plastics, making sure that some of our portfolio is made of recycled content or fully recyclable. So that participates also to the other part of the high clean revenue uh, score. And anything that you do in terms of manufacturing processes, reducing your greenhouse gas emissions, reducing your waste, obviously, you know, is also supporting these goals. So that explains the high revenue score that we that we got from the corporate nights. On the safety record, that was uh, another one that they have looked at. And obviously, you know, the safety of our employees is paramount. Uh, we are in the man manufacturing sector. We want to make sure that we ensure a healthy and safe environment for our employees. We have a target, actually, which is about reducing the total incident rate for our printing and packaging sectors by 15% by 
until 2021. This is the current target. And in the past years, we have uh, made progress. Actually, in 2019, we decreased our total frequency rate by a approximately 9% compared to the prior period. And how we did this, it's really about several projects and several programs that we've put in place. Uh, we have actually uh, the right structure with a dedicated manager reporting to the president of each sector. We have expanded the teams of our health, safety and wellness advisors that support our plans, that support our offices. We ensure that we provide the right training to our executives, to our managers, and we have implemented a number of initiatives across our operation. I, I wanted to mention something that we have put in place is really a, a program which is called Health Safety and, and Community Partners Program, in which we reward excellence in occupational health and safety in our sites with a cash donation to a charity from each qualifying site. And for 2019, 19 of our sites qualified, actually, with no lost time incidents. And, and we could make a donation of $28,000 through this program. So we are really um, very, very committed to, to ensuring the health and safety of our employees and, and continue progressing on this front. And the last but not least, you mentioned the strong gender diversity. And this is also for us quite an essential target. We strongly believe that, you know, diversity is paramount. It leads to better performance, to a healthier balance sheet and to greater talent retention, to a competitive advantage. So we are truly, truly committed. We have um, uh, various targets on this front. We have one, which is to ensure at least 30% of female representation on the board of directors. And uh, I am proud to say that uh, we exceeded that target. We, we actually uh, uh, exceeded it uh, and reached 39% women on our board of directors starting with our chair of the board, actually, and also our lead director and chair of the Human Resource Committee and Compensation Committee. Then the second target we have is uh, to have at least three women on the Executive Management Committee. And there again, we, we reach our target. Actually, we have our chief legal officer, we have our chief human resource officer and myself who serve on, on the executive management committee. And last but not least, we want to have at least 30% of women in executive and management positions across our sectors. We improved our result. We are now at 25%. We had a actually a number of appointments and nominations that were done last year. And we keep, you know, working on programs, of on mentoring programs, onboarding programs, coaching programs. And I'll finish by mentioning also that uh, we, we make sure that our uh, managers are also uh, in, incentivized uh, by promoting women in, in management positions. So yes, we, we, did, uh, we did achieve uh, already uh, uh, good results on all those fronts, and that was recognized by the Corporate Knights of Canada. We're very proud about it, but the, the work continues and uh, will continue progressing on this. Oh, thank you for sharing, Magalie. And I think I understand why why you're a top 10 uh, corporate night's best citizen as well. Um, you know, from an environmental perspective, just pulling out the, you mentioned 96% of paper is being certified or recycled. So that's 
really impressive there. But I do want to focus a little bit on the on the social aspect and specifically around safety. And, and you've mentioned health and safety as being paramount of, of your employees. You know, one thing we found through COVID, COVID-19 is, you know, a lot of companies are coming under the microscope a little bit in terms of, you know, what are their sick leave policies? What are their health and safety and occupational hazard type policies? So it's really great to hear that you've, you've prioritized that, as, particularly as a manufacturer. And you actually have, you know, programs like the Partners Program that incentivize good safety behavior through, you know, cash rewards and things like that. So that's great to hear. And the last point that I heard that I just wanted to pull out too around governance, you know, you have extensive training, it sounds like. There are reporting lines all the way up to, to governance type committees for you know everything from safety to some of the commitments you've made for you know women on the board and you've already achieved them. You know, that's all really powerful and meaningful um, you know, in this space, but in all in all sectors. So just wanna, you know, congratulate you there. And and it's obvious to me why you're a top ten corporate citizen. Thank you, John. Now, I just want to shift gears a little bit. Um, TC recently released its 2019 CSR report. And, you know, through that report, you've, you know, continued your progress on your three-year goals and plan related to employees, operations, products, and communities. I wanted to dive specifically into some of the environmental commitments that TC has made. And and maybe let's start with TC becoming the first Canadian-based manufacturer to join the Ellen MacArthur Foundation's New Plastics Economy Global Commitment. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Can you explain uh, to our listeners what the Ellen MacArthur Global Commitment entails? Sure. Uh, So indeed, yes, we we joined the Ellen MacArthur's Foundation's New Plastics Economy Commitment in 2019. As you said, uh, it was obvious to us, you know, being uh, one of the leaders in in flexible plastics uh, in North America and uh, with our you know, a continuous vision and commitment to being a good corporate citizen that we had to to be part of it. And what it entails is that um, you have to commit by 2025 to have um, first 100% of your portfolio, of a packaging portfolio to be either recyclable or compostable or reusable. That's one part. You have to commit to a given percentage of recycled material that you will integrate in your in your packaging. You have to also look at uh, removing single-use plastics from your operation, looking at the waste that you produce and reducing your waste. So there are a number of actions that you have to take and commit to. And every year, we actually make a report, produce a report for the Ellen MacArthur's Foundation, where we explain what we have done, what we've achieved. It's a journey, obviously. You know, uh, many people say uh, these are ambitious targets. Yes, they are ambitious targets, but we believe that it's only through these that we can move the needle, you know, and, and make any progress. So, uh, and it's a, it's a supply chain effort. There are many signatories um, among our supply chain, whether they are uh, consumer good manufacturers, whether they are retailers, whether they are governments, even in certain geographies or manufacturers like us. And we all work towards those common targets. And so, Megley, are you getting pressure from any of your purchasers to sort of transition or use sustainable packaging? You mentioned a few of those stakeholders just a moment ago. Are they sort of pressuring you or incentivizing you to kind of transition to even more sustainable packaging? Actually, it's a great question. I'm not sure that we are getting pressure in the way that 
we are not forced, you know, in the way that I think our customers, our partners, they see how much we're committed, how much we're active into it. So we are kind of embracing it, right? So for us, we're welcoming it in a way. This comes, of course, with uh, technical, technological challenges. Plastics has lots of advantages, you know, plastic. And sometimes it's not even, you know, uh, recognized, I'd say. But uh, during this pandemic, we have seen that health and safety uh, is paramount, that plastic was had really a, a very important role to play in protecting the goods, in protecting the, the, the food, and even in certain areas, you know, in avoiding uh, food waste. Plastics also has, you know, lots of benefits. We have to recognize those qualities, those important features of plastic packaging, but at the same time, we have to shift to those fully recyclable packaging material while maintaining the technical properties. And there, there is where technology and, and uh, research and development are, are coming to play. Just to, to mention to you, we have committed at TT Transcontinental that 1% of, of the revenues in our packaging sector are invested into research and development. And we are very active. We have, uh, you know, teams working on various fronts, whether it's create compostable packaging for certain applications, whether it's creating a fully recyclable packaging, which we are aiming at, whether it's integrating a given percentage of recycled resin into our packaging. So um, the, the research and development is really, really important. And then, uh, so, so again, there is, you know, not pressure in a way that we are already embracing it. But we definitely see a lot of interest because of, uh, you know, the, the, the current trend to a more sustainable, sustainable packaging and the commitments that the brands have taken. So we work hand in hand. We work hand in hand with our suppliers. We work hand in hand with our customers to develop new recipes, new products that can replace the existing products, you know, made of virgin resins, for instance, and produce something which uh, which meets their needs. Well, that's wonderful to hear around the, um, you know, portion of revenues being invested directly into R&D. Um, it feels to me like technology, you know, and, and clean tech companies, as we can sort of scale them up and, and new technologies will be the, the key solvers and drivers of, you know, what the future of, of sustainable packaging and at some point packaging looks like. So that's good to hear. You know, at BMO, we've also created an impact investment fund where we're investing in early stage clean and social tech companies and, and scaling them up to solve some of the challenges of tomorrow. And certainly as it relates to packaging, that, that you know, that's one of the bigger areas in, across the supply chain where, you know, new technologies can really drive change. And so, uh, you know, more to come from our fund, but it's great to hear, you know, that TC is really focused on, uh, on the R&D necessary as well to, to move the market forward. Absolutely. Yes. Now, Megaly, TC signed on to the UN Global Compact Principles, which, which commits your organization to aligning its operations with the universal principles of human rights, labor standards, and environmental protection, including in alignment with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Can you talk to me a little bit about how TC decided to sign on to the UN Global Compact Principles? Sure. So as you know, you know, the... In 
the, the UN Global Compact dates back in 2015, when the member states that make up the United Nations met in New York by, back then. And it was back then, I believe, the UN Summit for Sustainable Development. And it's where they decided to, to commit and to pledge to 17 goals. And these goals are very holistic. It's really about protecting the planet, fighting poverty, uh, create equal opportunities. So following this, a number of companies have uh, have followed, right? And I think right now we we are coming close to 10,000 companies across 160 countries uh, representing all sectors and size who have joined the UN goals as signatories. So the target uh, of those 17 goals is uh, 2030. And we looked at it and, and we felt, you know, there was still timely to join it. It was a natural move to join the signatories of the UN goals. And because when you look at these 17 goals, you start, you know, putting your, your business um, Googles and perspective to it and, and try to see, okay, which ones are really fitting to our reality and which ones are really uh, close to our strategy. And it was really interesting to do this exercise. And we realized that seven of them, even though I, I'd say, you know, we support the 17, obviously, you know, all of them are our goals that we can abide to. but Seven of them were very embedded into our CSR strategy already. So that that was, I would not say, you know, uh, easy, but it's uh, it's logical that we get into it. So let me mention a few ones to, just to illustrate. You know, there there's one of their goals around gender equality, and we talked about it earlier. It's re-ensuring, you know, that women have a, a full and, ef and effective participation and, and equal opportunities for leadership. Uh, that's exactly aligned with the goals that we have internally on gender diversity, right? They have another one which is about affordable and clean energy, about you know renewable energy, increasing this percentage of renewable energy or energy efficiency. And again, this was very logical to us. We have you know the the, the target of reducing our greenhouse gas emissions internally that fits perfectly with this vision. There is another one which is about a decent work and economic growth, and it's about occupational injuries. And there again, you know, I mentioned it earlier, we want to maintain a safe and healthy work environment. We want to reduce the total incident rate. That was a perfect fit. There is even one also on innovation, on research and development spending. And there you go. We have uh, committed to this 1% investment uh, of, of, from our packaging sector's annual revenues in, in R&D. So that goes perfectly aligned with, with the UN goals. We have others on, on reducing inequalities and uh, eliminating discriminatory practices. And this is, again, aligned with our corporate policies, you know, whether we talk code of conduct or whether we talk uh, the uh, equal employment opportunity policies. And then you have all the, the, the ones around the food waste, around the recycling rates and, and reducing the waste generation, around the sustainable practices. And there again, you know, it's very aligned with our targets to reduce waste, to uh, increase the, the recycling rates and reintroduce recycled content in our packaging and produce the fully recycled uh, and recyclable packaging. So uh, it was um, it was really uh, you know a very logical move. We we are thrilled to be to be part of it. 
it's going to help us also continue our efforts and, and you know, make improvements and, and reach our goals, I'm sure. Well, thanks for sharing. And, and, you know, seven of the 17 SDGs to already have alignment. That's really impressive. I noticed you left out life underwater. That's maybe the most intriguing SDG to me. So if you could crack life underwater from a plastics perspective, that'd be very yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, this one, I mean, again, you know, out of the 17, I'd say we can definitely, you know, support. There is also forestry, you know, protect forest. It is something we have done for years in our activities as, as, as a printer and purchaser of paper to protect the endangered forest we we have uh, done a number of uh, projects on that front but but on the water on the i'd say the life underwater uh, anything we can do to make sure plastics you know never becomes waste and is truly recycled and recyclable uh, is uh, supportive of that goal and anyhow yeah you're right you're right okay Magalie. my last question for you and, and for this one I'm, I'm pulling out the crystal ball and, and I'm wondering if, if you could share any thoughts on, on what you believe is the future of the packaging industry. And, and specifically, you know, is there a world in the future where, you know, all packaging is just required or must be what we currently consider sustainable packaging? Is that just the standard in the future or, or where do you see this market going? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, looking at the future, into the future, I'd say you know again, I mentioned earlier that packaging is there for for a reason. We we need to uh, protect the goods. We need to have the right uh, quality levels, the right properties, the right technical properties, and that's going to be here to stay. But at the same time, you have this uh, obligation, you know, to be a, a good corporate citizen with sustainable practices, and and for sure. Not tolerate that any packaging material, whatever material it is, ends up in litter in nature. So in order to do this, we definitely have to progress in the sustainability front, make sure that we have fully recyclable packaging, make sure it is fully recycled and, and working you know, closely as we already uh, do with the supply chain to make sure we create a local market for recycled material. And, you know, it, it can take various forms. It can be recycled content. It can be monolayers with the same properties as multi-layers in the case of flexible plastics, which are then uh, fully uh, recyclable. It can be uh, compostable packaging as well. So that can take various forms. But I do believe that we will have a very sustainable future in, in the packaging sector. You know, through COVID and beyond, more and more retail customers are using e-commerce for the bulk of their purchases. And, and e-commerce just inherently requires extensive packaging and delivery. You know, so I agree with you that consumer packaging and, and particularly sustainable or recyclable packaging really is going to remain top of mind for most consumers into the future. Yes, and, and uh, you mentioned e-commerce. It's, it's a very important one. There are very specific requirements for packaging on e-commerce that we, you have to be uh, three or four times you know, more solid because of the shipment and all the logistics. That doesn't prevent it from being sustainable by all means. So for sure, we go, we're going to see also uh, lots of developments uh, in, in this area that's going to be, uh, again, you know, uh, uh, very sustainable in the future. I, I have no doubt personally about it. Megali, thank you for taking the time to join the Sustainability Leaders podcast. And we look forward to seeing some continued great work from TC as it drives towards a sustainable future. 
Thank you very much, John. It was my pleasure to discuss with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Sustainability Leaders. This podcast is presented by BMO Financial Group. To access all the resources we discussed in today's episode and to see our other podcasts, visit us at bmo.com forward slash sustainability leaders. You can listen and subscribe free to our show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider, and we'll greatly appreciate a rating and review and any feedback that you might have. Our show and resources are produced with support from BMO's marketing team and Puddle Creative. Until next time, I'm Michael Torrance. Have a great week. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of Bank of Montreal, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. This is not intended to serve as a complete analysis of every material fact regarding any company, industry, strategy, or security. This presentation may contain forward-looking statements. Investors are cautioned not to place undue reliance on such statements as actual results could vary. This presentation is for general information purposes only and does not constitute investment, legal, or tax advice, and is not intended as an endorsement of any specific investment product or service. Individual investors should consult with an investment, tax, and or legal professional about their personal situation. Past performance is not indicative of future results.